0: Door open, an NCAA tournament, all before you hear from Royce O'Neill, fifth year jazz band on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz and MLS 3112, equal housing lender. Sadly, due to the Steph Curry injury that happened, which should keep him out indefinitely, according to Woj in April looking for the playoffs as a return but we have to talk about it It sucks and if the door was ajar couple of opens back it is fully open okay it went from going inside seeing what was inside the room maybe I could get in maybe I couldn't to now it is completely open anybody in the west can win this conference, and it matters who's going to be healthy down the stretch. Look at the schedule time. That's what we're all doing now. As I see on Tankathon, a website that I am visiting more and more in the coming days, who is the worst strength of schedule of the teams that are in that grouping? Clearly, you have Phoenix in a class of their own. I think that they've been the best team in all the NBA this year. Then the West is a bunch of other teams. Consider that Golden State doesn't play clay on back to backs yet dream on green it's talking about how they seemingly when everything comes together somebody goes out it's bummer vibes over there jazz play golden state on a back to back front end between them and the kings think that clay would play the jazz game as opposed to sacramento but who knows at that point what it's going to be look at the jazz schedule on tankathon this is where I'm getting my numbers. Jazz have 13 games left. Six strongest schedule left. They play the Suns. They play the Grizzlies. There's that Golden State game. Mavericks, Celtics, Nets. Celtics, Nets on the road. Phoenix, Memphis at home. So can they climb up? Or are they going to maintain? Really, it comes down to if Dallas, who has the 24th hardest schedule, means it's pretty easy. They've got the Bucks. Jazz, Sixers, as their toughest games. They play the Timberwolves twice, the Cavs, the Hornets. With the level that Luke is playing, they could absolutely start jumping up standings. That could push teams around. Denver, 11th toughest schedule. I think you have to keep them in this conversation, if only because of seeding. They're in sixth, but they have monsters coming back in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. They're really good. They've got the Suns, Grizz, Celtics, Wolves, Cavs, Clippers left as their toughest games. So I don't think that Denver would be the team to jump. Really have to look at Dallas if they're going to jump over Utah. And if it were to come down to those two teams, Jazz would need to scrap it out to get home court advantage because they would need it. That is an even, even, even series. And Utah is going to be seeing them on that long road trip next week. Starts in New York, goes through every single time zone, and ends in Los Angeles. It is schedule-watching time, and the door is open. Also on Tankathon, as I'm clearly viewing way too much on that website, mock drafts and draft order for what we've got for this year. And Jazz don't have a pick. Their first-rounder is going to Memphis in that Conley trade, and their second-rounder is going to New Orleans. So, no, they do not have much in the offing when it comes to this year's selection of players. But as you watch the NCAA tournament, I'm keen in on draft picks for guys who are coming in the league. I love draft time. If you want somebody to be an NBA snob and say college basketball, ugh, what a tired and terrible product. Sir, have you seen Thursday? How crazy that day is? Not going to get it here. You're not going to get NBA snobbery from this podcast host. I love watching the NCAA tournament. I am comically bad at brackets to the point that I'm not somebody who shares what my bracket's all about, but I will share that I picked Kentucky to go all the way, win the championship, and I didn't know where St. Peter's was, who was their coach, but they won, and I'm done. I get it wrong. I get it wrong plenty. As you know, listening to the podcast, this is the guy who had Rick Carlisle as the coach of the year in the preseason. Well, it extends to the NCAA tournament. But I'm excited for some of these draft picks. It'll be cool. You, you talk to NBA people, who they have at the top, it seems pretty clear. Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro. And if you want a hot take, this is mine. I take Jaden Ivey over Bancaro. That's just me. And you could even go deeper into what you're going to see from those UCLA boys. Johnny Juzang. I was excited to watch Ty Ty Washington at Kentucky because he seems in that lineage of good Kentucky guards. Shea Gildress Alexander. I did a draft show with Andy Larson, and I keyed in on that guy to have a successful career because I love the way that he passes. It carried over, sadly. He is stuck on a not-so-good team. And then... I was texting with David Locke about Tyrese Maxey because that kid competes his ass off defensively for Calipari. I love Maxey coming out of the draft. And I figure Ty Ty Washington is going to be in that same mold. Very good defensively. So go a little bit deeper, reach into the bag of the NCAA tournament, see who these good players are, deeper on the rosters. As far as the top, seems pretty simple. Chet Holmgren is 7 feet, 195. He's going to go up against another pro prospect in Jalen Duran over in Memphis in their second-round matchup, and you're going to see Chet go against somebody who's very athletic. Think of Chet as who everybody wants Poku to be. That's who Holmgren is. Very explosive offensively, has some guard skills. He can initiate offense. He's a really strong prospect. I remember standing next to him at, Vegas Summer League, and he'd look like a hooper. Sizing him up, and everybody looks like a hooper compared to me, because I'm always looking up at the world. But he looked imposing, and that should help once he puts on more weight as a 7-footer who weighs 195 pounds. Jabari Smith is picking up steam, and I could totally see him going number one. Seems like the conversation has drifted away from that for Bankaro from Duke. But that guy's a bucket. He can score. And he's playing with a bunch of NBA prospects. That team might have four first-round picks. Watch Duke, even if you might be sick of the Coach Gay Tour. Doesn't matter. They got pro players on that squad. And then my favorite, Jaden Ivey. Guy attacks. Has some seasoning from playing college basketball the year before. He's 6'4". Can slash. Acrobatic in his finishes around the paint. I want to see Purdue make a deep run and see Jaden Ivey jump up draft boards because that's the other thing. That's the cruel secret about the NCAA tournament. A lot of talent evaluators say they watch during the season and then a GM pops in or some basketball decision maker pops in for the NCAA tournament and recency bias gets guys up draft boards. It happens all the time. You see somebody who isn't necessarily in the top 30 when it comes to prospects at the beginning of the year all of a sudden jump up. Johnny Davis at Wisconsin. I didn't have him on my radar when I started the season. This is a perfect bookend because I started my draft prep in November ahead of the college basketball season where I'm arranging that top 30 from ESPN and then I compare it to where that top 30 is now on Draft Express. Johnny Davis rises out of nowhere wasn't even on my radar at that point all the way back. I watched an absurd amount of college basketball. If you can't tell, I appreciate the sport. And even if the Jazz don't have a pick, it's fun. It's one of the best tournaments in all of sports, the NCAAs, okay? And it's funny to see those brackets because some geniuses have Kentucky winning it all or Iowa because they believe in Keegan Murray going to the lead eight. Yeah. Guilty on both. For authentic Utah jazz player gear, including jerseys, shorts, warm-ups, and more, visit fanatics.com slash jazzgameused. used. That's fanatics.com slash jazz game used. Five stars. Nice views. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Royce O'Neill, big meal. He jumped on, gave him fifteen minutes, and I'm glad I was able to catch up to him. He acknowledged some people want to see him shoot the ball more. But like we have with our conversation with Joe Ingalls playing in the flow, tries to shoot as much as he can, but he gets real on that. I think that was a good segment of this interview. And then, of course, you'll enjoy him retelling that story of his legendary workout where he loses a tooth and continues. Yeah, true story. You want to hear that and a little bit on NCAA tournament. Big thanks to him as he joined the podcast. Please enjoy. Royce, you know, we'll get to the NCAA tournament, we'll get to how you're playing right now, but first of all, what an honor to have your high school recognize you and retire your jersey. That must have been cool.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, first one in school his- school district history. Uh, I mean, never would I really imagine, you know, getting a jersey retirement, having my jersey, you know, in the Raptors, but, you know, every time I go back, you know, just to be able to see it and then, uh, I mean, it's a huge honor, and you know, just I think after two years, it finally came to it happening. So,
0: what was your game in high school? Because you talked to a bunch of NBA players, they got buckets. Right. When it Came to to going to high school. Who were you uh,
1: uh, at that time? I mean, I, actually, I was I was a bucket. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was a scorer, but uh, I kind of played the five, but I also play like point guard as well. So I did a little bit of everything. We had a couple guys who were, like, around the same height, like 6'2", 6'3". So we all, like, played different positions. So, uh, I mean, rebound, still got the rebound record. Uh, What is it? It's – I mean, I have, like – Twenty double doubles or something like that wow. in high school, okay. like set the school record for rebounds in a season.
0: You were averaging basically a double double. Yeah, definitely, <laughs>
1: especially senior year. So, uh, and then you know, high scoring, you know, in high school is 40 points. So. 40. Yeah.
0: All right. What was that game like? What do you remember of it?
1: I Man, it seemed like how JC was the other night. You know, he was <laughs> had his little 45 ball. Everything was going in, but uh i mean it just felt like every shot i took was going in and it was a big time big time win you know a big time team especially in the district at that time so
0: what was the reaction of your hometown being a clean you know what my hometown's like it's salt lake city i'm from right. here so what was clean like uh
1: clean is a small town you know Uh we got four high schools um you know i mean it's, i got like one mall but like everybody kind of knows everybody um especially in uh sports world like basketball and football um but uh you know uh being from killeen you know not many people here or know where it's at so it's tell central texas about austin but uh you know it's, it's a cool little spot army base for mm-hmm. hood so
0: and you you're playing those teams from austin from um,
1: yeah austin played tournaments in dallas yeah. uh houston teams in waco temple so pretty much kind of like all central texas and all over so
0: how does it feel to put that place on the map, be able to represent that in the NBA? It
1: uh, feels good. I mean, you know, being we had a couple guys that, you know, made to the league before me, um, you know, luckily I've been able to stick, you know, the longest and I know for a while uh, and a couple guys still playing like overseas and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just it just shows that, you know, you can make it from there. Um, you know, you stay dedicated, work hard. And then, you know, just the younger generation, you know, just keep looking up to me and then keeping their dreams alive, making it to the league.
0: Were you able to talk to some of those high school players? Uh, Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, uh, especially when I went back from my yeah. Dre's retirement. And then, like, each summer I have, like, a camp that I throw. So, and then it'll be, this be my third one this year, uh, this summer. So, looking forward to it. You know, each year it gets bigger and bigger. So,
0: what's that generation looking like? I um, mean, you got, we got some talent got some good up, players. You know?
1: got some couple seven graders that are good. good, you know, high schoolers that are good. Um, I think if we all had like one high school, I think, you know, Kalina would be like on the map more because more exposure. Right. But I think just, you know, the competitive and all the kids that, you know, grow up and playing there is good.
0: So you go from Harker Heights to University of Denver, then to Baylor. What was that journey like? Picking a school to go to first and then following it up by transferring Another school.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, high school had broke my ankle my junior year, so I kind of missed like the second half of that. And then AAU, and then uh you know, choosing Denver. I mean, I had a couple, a uh, bunch of other schools like you know mid majors looking at me, and then I felt like Denver was like you know best school at the time. Let me be myself, play how I wanted to at the time, and then you know grow as a player. And then like wanting to get out of Texas, I think you know. Feeling like an adult, you know, being on my own. Um, And then, you know, uh, being at my time at Denver was great. And spent two years, um, won the conference championship, uh, made NCAA, and then, you know, transferring to Baylor um, two years there. Made, you know, a tournament both years. Elite A was the first we got. Um, And then, I think just, you know, both schools, like, helped me, you know, become the player I am. It's the like talent that I had around me and then the skill I developed.
0: What was playing in the NCAA tournament like? Only so many players can experience that, and it's a huge stage that you guys get to go on.
1: Uh, you know, it's big. Um, it's kind of like the playoffs. I mean, it's the season outside of another season. But, um, I mean, especially going back-to-back is you know tough to do. Making it is tough. Um, But I think we had a great team and, you know, we did good things. Um, And it's like, I don't know, you feel like you're big time because you got little police escorts everywhere, staying, um, you know, traveling everywhere, charter plane and stuff like that. So I think, you know, it was a great great experience.
0: It's like that first taste of what being a professional is like. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, Playing under Scott Drew, I got the chance to talk to him before the season because Maceo and and Jared – high-energy guy. Oh, yeah, all the time. What kind of uh, coach does he like to play under?
1: A great coach. I mean, Coach Drew, like, he lets you be yourself, um, feed into it so you have the energy as well. And I think, you know, just the way he coaches, like, help guys succeed, um, puts us in, you know, position to be great. And I think, you know, him taking the job from, you know, from where he was at till now. I mean, they won a national championship last year. Um, you know, Jared's on the team, you know, so, you know, we always get that Baylor resemblance. And, uh, you know, Coach Drew is just a great coach. All that coaching staff, you know, they're great dudes.
0: What's uh, your best Coach Drew story? I remember talking to Eric Paschal earlier this year, and he had a, a story about Jay Wright where he got so mad at him for taking him out of the game yeah. that he showed him why he shouldn't be out of the game, scored like 30 in the second half. Right. What kind of story do you have about Coach uh, Drew?
1: miss a lot of close, true stories. <laughs> I think one, um, I kind of got elbowed like in my eye, and I had to okay. get like stitches. Mm-hmm. And like it was like he didn't care about the rest of the game. He just like came to the back and was like, Yo, but can he play? Can he play? Because <laughs> if he can, we're gonna get him back. But uh, I think you know, I think he's just caring and you know, a genuine guy. So like you know, ever since then, I was like, okay, like he really looks out for his guys. Yes.
0: Well, and that leads you to that legendary story of you and this workout where you play with a, new, a tooth Oh
1: uh, Yeah, my right? first, yeah, uh, it was a summer league, well, yeah, summer league workout uh, here uh, at the U. Um, it was first drill. Uh, I was coming in, you know, for a camp, going to, you know, uh, summer league. And it was somebody drove and I got hit in the mouth. But like, I'm thinking, like, it's just my lip. And then like, so I'm like, oh, you know, just a little blood. Like, and then uh, Alex, Coach AJ, he was like, um, oh, we got a tooth on the ground, and I was like, oh snap. <laughs> so then like, I was like, it was like they pulled me out, and I was like, what well, can I play without it? Or like, I wanted to like keep playing. I, yeah. was like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm trying to make the team or whatever. And so I went to the dentist. And then, like, we had another practice later on, and I was like, so if I go to the dentist, can I come back for that next practice, like, later on? And he was like, I mean, yeah. So I did that, went to the dentist, got a replacement, came back. And then the first preseason game, um, I got it re-knocked out. Wow. <laughs> and it was crazy. And then, so then, like, you know, it took a little while, and I finally got, like, a permanent one, like, okay. put in, so... I think you know that's just the toughness I bring, and then, you know ever since high school and in college, I think I had like a experience where like I'd get an injury and just keep wanting to play no matter what.
0: Well, that's a mentality. Right. You you have to have that mentality to keep going even though you get hit or you get a tooth knocked out right. or you have a scar on your head. It doesn't matter. You you have that mentality to keep playing.
1: I no, I, I I didn't want to smile for like a whole like week. You know, I was <laughs> like every time I'd like nope. It's covered my mouth, so but now we're good now.
0: Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jets. Let's talk about this season for you and the way that you're playing so far. Shooting about 40% from three. I know that's something that you've improved on each and every year is shooting from deep. Where's that come from? Where have you been able to sculpt your game to where it is right now?
1: I think uh, my whole life I've kind of been a shooter, but I've always been like a team player. Um, I mean, I care more about like winning and, you know, my other teammates, you know, if they're happy, you know, we all do our part, you know, I don't care about stats, accolades. I just want to win. And uh, I think, you know, just since I got into the league and especially here, like each year I try to improve on some besides every aspect of my game. And I think shooting was like one of the main ones. And, then you know, just the concentration and focus. And I know probably everybody's gonna tell me to shoot more, which, you know, I I do. I always try to make the right play, but, you know, so, uh, but I think just, you know, the progress of shooting, you know, especially nowadays, I think everybody, you know, needs to be a great shooter.
0: But it's, like, easy for people on the couch to say, keep shooting. But you're also right. playing in, in flow. You're playing right. within a system. You're trying to get other people involved. Some right. Maybe somebody else needs to get into rhythm as well. It's, yeah. There are a lot of factors when it comes to, hey, Roy should shoot the ball. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, I don't like, – I really don't care. I mean, as long as we win, you know, uh, if my teammate get an extra three off my pass or I can shot fake drive and his mic for a dunk, like, I'm going to celebrate because – you know, because they did something or I helped them or I'm encouraging them. So um, I think just I think that team player and, you know, that player aspect in me, like wants everybody to be great because I know how hard I work. And, you know, I see, you know, you know, showing off and embracing it. And then I want that for everybody else.
0: Where did you get that? Where does somebody who the best player in high school, they're good enough to go to college. They get realistic with themselves once they get to the NBA where, you know if I play this role I can stick around in this league I can play for a long time and I could win along the way.
1: Over time my game changed and then like out like myself I wasn't drafted so like I knew coming into whatever situation I was gonna have to do little things that you know help me play because um, I wasn't gonna be the guy that gets the ball all the time or making the making ball handler for everybody else. so I'm gonna play defense that's where I started. And then start making drives and then start shooting and then, like, creating for everybody else now. So I think, and then somebody always told me, embrace your role, star in your role. Mm -hmm. So I think that stuck with me the whole time. So, like, I mean, whatever role you have, like, in a situation, just embrace it, like, encourage it, like, you know, master it. Like, do what you have to do to be a star in it.
0: Well, and a lot of it is you see these crazy passes from Donovan when he's underneath the basket and he, you know, flips it out to you. Are you just always ready in the corner for one of those passes? How do you describe what he's able to do to get you the ball when you're open?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, Donovan is special. I mean, we came in together. So, I mean, just to see his growth and, and see mine. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's also one of those guys that's team player first. Like He wants everybody else to shine and, you know, he's happy with that. So I think I think sometimes he surprises himself with some of the passes he does. But I think just I think us just being comfortable and, you know, learning like the way he plays and, you know, him being in spots for him, you know, to make the game easier for him. I mean, we always have to be ready no matter what. So, I mean, he does a great job being one of the leaders on our team. I mean, along with Mike as a point guard. And so
0: what is one thing that people may not know about Donovan Mitchell?
1: Even though they call him Spider, he hates spiders. Hates it. Hates
0: it. yeah. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if you know that ever came out or mm-hmm. you know people know that but he hates spiders
0: so do you try to to get him with like around uh, a fake spider or not nah,
1: have it you know he might he might lose his mind i do that <laughs> put like a couple of play spiders in his in his car or something he mm-hmm. might lose his mind but uh, you know listen maybe i'll trick him
0: last thing because i want to know who has a better three point celebration you or daniel house
1: uh i mean i switched mine you know last year yeah you know it was different the year before that was different so i try to you know be creative uh you know i mean he got the bow and arrow
0: it's a good brand i like i like when he does it and also he he has the funny thing where he does the bow and arrow and then he has to run on defense (laughs) Um, because he has the celebration that's a little long
1: i mean i would still take mine over here he's right there with me
0: well royce o'neill Fifth year jazz man with us on Roundball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. Royce, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate you having me.